Today's episode is brought to you by the BetStamp app, which is helping thousands of people win at sports betting for free. The same way travelers use Google Flights or Expedia to find the best prices, bettors can now use BetStamp to do the same. When you place a bet, the odds given by a sportsbook will determine how much you can possibly win. Even when betting on the same outcome, different sportsbooks will offer varying payouts, and these differences can be huge. Thankfully, BetStamp allows you to easily line shop for the most profitable odds across all sportsbooks. You can click on any matchup and instantly see the different odds for game lines, player props, and even future bets. Line shopping is the simplest way to find an edge in sports betting and maximize your chances of winning long term. On average, BetStamp users win an extra $1,000 yearly just by line shopping. You can find the BetStamp app on the Apple iOS store, Google Play store, or through your browser at www.betstamp.app. To access all these benefits, sign up using the promo code FONZ, F-O-N-Z, and start your journey to successfully sports betting today. If you forget to use the code upon sign up, no worries. You can always enter the code F-O-N-Z in your BetStamp account settings afterwards. Check it out. Guys, seriously, I cannot recommend this product enough. Even if you're a new better like me or even if you're a seasoned veteran, it definitely helps out a lot to maximize your profits and make some extra money because, come on, who doesn't like making that extra money? And best of all, it's literally free. It's perfect to use. You can find any line you want. It helps you out so much. I highly, highly recommend it. If you're a veteran in the sports betting world or if you're a newbie like me, BetStamp is the way to go. Again, go to the BetStamp app now and use the promo code FONZ, F-O-N-Z, today. I'm telling you guys, it helps out a lot. And I'm telling you, you're going to win a lot more just by using BetStamp. Check it out now. All on your podcast, man. The Slick Back Kickback Report. I love that. <laughs> Hundred seventy-seven episodes, and I got a fresh cut. It's a teaser, a teaser for you, audio listeners. How's everyone doing? Fonz Falco. Another episode of Slickback Kickback. Well, right here, sponsored by BetStamp. You want to check them out? Use code Fonz if you listen to the intro. Also, head over to Grateful Apparel. Great clothes, great message. Did a talk about them unboxing my TikTok page. Check them out. Use code Fonz for fifteen percent off. Appreciate all the love and support. Here we are. Hope everyone a good Easter. Hope you all. Uh, Making that, throwing money on here. Um, that was fake money, by the way. This is not real money. I got it as a gift from my grandpa. Shout out to you, grandpa, for that. Fake money. Boom. The teaser again for the video. I just made a mess here. Um, hope everyone had a good Easter. Hope everyone's doing well. Uh, spend time with the family, you know. No, Easter's always nice. Got some good chocolates. He ate good. Uh, I lost the Easter egg hunt again. I'm 28 years old, but I still do the Easter egg hunt. I try to win every year. I don't win. That's all right. It's all good, though. We're good. We're going to have a good episode today, maybe. Uh, perhaps. I don't know. But again, follow the podcast, everything, if you haven't already. Um, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Fonz Falco. Send a podcast email to the podcast. Tell a question to the podcast email. Slickbackkickback at gmail.com. You're on top 10 suggestion, a question, and whatnot, too. Uh, check out past episodes if you have not already. I highly recommend you do that. Um, I'm looking at the camera because this is all good. You can see everything. I don't know. The setup is just very light. I always just set it up like on the fly to stay in there, but I got to maybe do a permanent. But eventually, 
listen, the goals of the year 2023, lots been going on of good stuff, uh, but a lot more goals to be happening, by the way. So we're all good, though. But I had a good Easter. You want to know why? Because Odell Beckham Jr. signed with the Baltimore Ravens. Now, I like this signing. One year, $15 million, $13.8 million guaranteed. Now, I like this deal because, one, for me, I it just makes me feel that, that Lamar's coming back, right? Odell, you know, may not the top receiver he once was, but he's still a star receiver, uh, brings in the star power and a horrible wide receiver room for the Ravens. He wouldn't go to a team that doesn't have a quarterback. And this, I think this guarantees that Lamar signs back. I Hopefully, I would I would think so, right? Um, Odell, again, like I said, not the player that he once was. Torn ACL, didn't play last year because he's recovering. But he's still, you know, look at the Ravens' receiver options. I like Damon, but he's hurt. You know, Devin DuVernay is more of a return guy. Uh, James Proch, Tylon Wallace, more special teamers. He instantly is number one target now in Baltimore. This definitely improves the wide receiver room, no, no doubt about it. Um, I think he'll still get you a couple of hundred yard games here, and he's still he's still talented. Coming off the ACL might be a little bit of a question, but I would take this Odell over what we have now in the receiver room, and I think it guarantees that Lamar's coming back. I would I would think so, right? I didn't think he was rumored to go to the Jets. Lincoln may possibly come back to the Giants, but goes to the Ravens. Did not expect that. Because the Ravens have always been out on the top wide receivers or free agent wide receivers. We signed Nelson Aguilar. Throw a party for that. But I, I actually do like this this move a lot for Baltimore. Uh, may might be a little bit too much, $15 million, but one-year prove-it deal kind of uh, for Beckham. Again, we'll still get you those really good catches, get maybe 100-yard games here and there, get you a reliable touchdown target for Lamar. I think this this brings back Lamar. I, I hope so. But I like the move a lot, and I'm very interested to see how he does this season with him. Hopefully, assume that he's recovered now nicely. Brings that star power to look at the Ravens receiver history. Like, honestly, who is the best Ravens receiver? Derek Mason, and I like Derek Mason, but is he a top receiver of all time? No, but he's the all-time Ravens leading receiver. I like Anquan Bolden. Torrey Smith, one of my favorite Ravens, but they're not top star receivers. When is the last time the Ravens had a, a star receiver? Like, truthfully, look at the Ravens receiver history. Like Mark Andrews, Todd Heap, but they're tight ends. You know what you know what I'm saying? Like, I can't think of a Pro Bowl wide receiver the Ravens have had. I don't even think Derek Mason. I, I want to say, did Derek Mason ever have? I'm looking this up right now, live on air. I, don't, I think Derek Mason was a Pro Bowl for the Titans, but he never was a Pro Bowler for the Ravens. I don't think he was. So play with the Ravens, 2005-2010, yeah, two-time Pro Bowler, 2000-2003 with the Titans. He's the Ravens' all-time leading receiver. I'm looking at the Ravens' uh, leading receivers of all time as I look this up right now. Because I want to tell you that this this is a huge this is a huge boost for us, I, and I think this definitely helps. I have no doubt about it. So Mason, five thousand uh, as the leader, five thousand yards overall, five thousand seven hundred seventy-seven, twenty-nine touchdowns. Yeah, top receivers: Derek Mason, Todd Heap, Mark Andrews, top three. Those two tight ends, Torrey Smith, Mark Clayton. Oh, my gosh. Ray Rice, he was good, but, you know, again, running back. Quadri Ismal, Travis Taylor, Anquan Bolden, Michael Jackson, Steve Smith Sr., Marquise Brown, Dennis Pitta, Derek Alexander, Jermaine Lewis. We had Mike Wallace for a little bit. Kamar Aiken. Oh, my gosh. We really have not had the best of the best. Marlon Brown. I remember Marlon Brown. I thought he was going to be good for us. He had that one. He had a really good rookie year. And the, <laughs> this is what I'm saying. 
If Odell plays two years and has 2,000 yards, he'll easily crack. He's going to crap the crap, crack the top 15 if he just has at least 1,000 yards. So 2,000 yards in two seasons. I just That just shows you right there. You know, listen, they're a successful franchise, but they can't draft receivers. They can't draft receivers for shit. They literally can't. And for the record, Michael Orr is uh, last. With, well, Anthony Mitchell, negative uh, 11. Michael Orr right behind him at negative 8. Hmm. 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 Something to ponder at. But just just saying. Tyrod Taylor's up there, too, at 6 yards. He's, he's at the bottom. But, hey, you know what? I like this move for Odell overall. It's good for them. Fine. Good. The Mets, little mini update. They're 6-5 and five right now, time recording. Had their moments ups and then downs too. Bakota Senga, my guy. I'm getting his jersey. Woo, he's still good. He is still good. Six innings, six strikeouts, one earned run. That goes forkball, man. That goes forkball, something else. I think Senga's in the running for rookie of the year. I think he's going to have a really good season this year. I have high hopes for him. When Verlander's back and healthy, Scherzer's in his groove. We got a good one, two, three punch, man, for that rotation. I'm having high hopes for the Mets for now. For now. <laughs> for for now. But, you know, yeah, we'll see. We'll see, right? But it's still early in the season for the Mets. Still a lot of time to go. I'm going to get a baseball guy on here and talk more baseball. You know, like that and hockey. I'm trying to get into more of those. NHL playoffs are coming up. I'm excited for that. Maybe I'll get Garth and Noah back on to when the playoffs are in the fold. Till Maybe. I know, but that was a really good episode with them. You have to want to check that out if you haven't. Uh, they were great guests, and their show is really good, too. Um, and, but, you know, the real thing, because a lot of hoop talk, the rest of the show is going to be basically hoop talks at my Fonz's top 10. The NBA playoffs. Ah, the NBA the NBA playoffs are here. Got the play-in tournament, which, honestly, a, a lot of fl- people don't like it, but I kind of like it. I the one So it used to be one through eight guaranteed in the playoffs. Wow, that's it. But now it's the top six guaranteed. Then seven through ten, they do a play-in tournament, a mini play-in tournament. So the seven and eight seed play each other, and the winner of that gets the seven seed. And then the loser of the seven and eight plays the winner of the nine and ten. So, for example, here's Heat. It's Heat Hawks seven eight respectively. The winner of that gets the seven seed officially. So the Hawks or the eight seed now they could win. They'll get the seven seed. The Heat they lose. They will play for the eight seed, which will be the winner of the Raptors Bulls. Say if the Heat lose two in a row, they're knocked out of the play-in tournament. They're not. It's not officially the playoffs. It's the play-in tournament. Uh, so we'll see with that. As far as the well, too quickly with the East, the prediction for the play-in, even though it's recording right, it's recording the day of, so things could change. I have the Heat beating the Hawks. The Heat will get the seventh seed in my prediction, and the Hawks lose. Not only this matchup, but I think the Raptors beat the Bulls, and the Raptors climb in in that eighth seed. Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, Scotty Barnes, OG Anunoby, Trey Young. Rumors of him might get traded. I don't think the Hawks are that good. You just got Trey Young. Clint Capella's not that bad, but I got the Raptors taking the eighth seed, beating the Bulls, and then beating the Hawks. The Heat, I think, get in. Uh, barely scratching in there, too. So if that's the way it goes, the Bucks will place the eighth seed. My eighth seed prediction will be the Raptors. I think the Bucks easily smoke them. No matter who it is, if it's the Heat, Hawks, Raptors, Bulls, Bucks are the best team in the NBA. Clear cut. It probably is. Maybe get a maybe five games, but I'm going to go with a full on. Um, they go on there too. Bucks are the best team. Giannis, Middleton, Brooke Lopez is playing well. Drew Holiday. They're they're a stacked roster. And then you got the four and five seed, Cavs, Knicks, my Knicks, New York Knicks. Jalen Brunson, Julius Randle. Hopefully he's back and healthy. Please, 
please, Julius, do not let the do not let the city of New York down. Saturday, I'm I'm hyped. I'm watching. I'm going to be watching, and you'll get my thoughts next week. Had that game. I'm excited for it. But it's going to be a tough matchup against the Cavs and uh, Cavs in next four or five seed. Very evenly matched up. Um, I saw this on a TikTok. I shared it here a while back. It's going to come down to the front court players, in my opinion. Evan Mobley, Jared Allen versus Julius and Mitch Robinson. Um, listen, Mobley and Jared Allen are very good players. They're very good. And it'll be a tough matchup. Depending on Julius's ankle injury, and then Jalen Brunson has, has a hand injury, which said he's good to go, so that's fine. But Darius Garland versus Jalen Brunson, that's going to be a really good matchup, too. I really do think the Knicks are going to win in seven. But it, if the Cavs, they have to win, right, to have a successful season, right? they got to win one playoff series. I don't know what's going to happen post that. Because if they go against the Bucs, it's going to be really tough. Uh, but I do have the Knicks winning this one in seven. It'll be, it'll be tough. Got the 76ers and Nets. The Nets mainly because they had Kyrie. They had the Kyrie, Kevin Durant. They're gone now. But I will say this, though, with the Nets. With a full year, Mikel Bridges, who I like a lot. I'm a big fan of him. He's more. He was more of a defensive 3 and D guy. You know, quality starter. Durability. Has not missed a game since college. I he's never missed a game in college either. Um but now that he has a bigger opportunity in Brooklyn, I think he's going to be a, he's going to have a huge he's going to be one shot. He makes an all star star in the making next year. Really, he's a really good player. Seventy um, Sixers though, Joel Embiid, unstoppable. James Harden looking really good. I do have the Sixers winning because the Nets they don't really have a lot of if we give McElbridge another full year and they build around him maybe. Yes, but I got the Sixers winning this one in five. Wouldn't shock me if it's a four game sweep. If I'm being completely honest though, but you know McElbridge is Dorney Finney Smith. Team's good, but they need need a little bit more, I believe. And Ben Simmons, uh, he's he's out. I don't know. That was a whole felt experiment too. Uh, then Boston will be playing up against the seven seed. Uh, my the seven seed, I have the Heat. I think Boston, you know, they're a stacked team. They wipe the floor with the Heat also in five games. Um, I think the toughest matchup will be the Cavs Knicks. will go to will go to seven, I believe. But if you had to go in the end all be all, I can see Sixers Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. That could easily happen. I, I want the Knicks to go far in the playoffs, believe me. But they go up against, you know, the Bucks, Sixers, Boston. It'll be tough. It really will be. And I got to be realistic here. If they build off that next year, then who knows? But I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this. I do think it's be Bucks, Sixers, and whoever wins, <sighs> wins that. I do like the Bucks. I don't want to go by with saying that I want to see with the Bucks, but Joel Embiid and Hart are playing out of their minds. It wouldn't shock me the Sixers win the East, and make the finals. Could very well happen too. Uh, then you go to the West, the play-in for the West. It's Lakers 7, Timberwolves 8. Then you got the Pelicans versus Thunder 9 and 10, respectively. Um, can you just talk about the downfall of the Timberwolves, man? What was the, that whole Rudy Gobert trade? Trade a bunch of first, a couple other players for Rudy Gobert. He punches Kyle Anderson, which I forgot he was a Timberwolf. Let's be completely real here. But maybe the Jazz won that trade. Maybe they didn't make the playoffs. They, maybe, they, maybe they very well did. Um, I don't think Gobert is that good. He was good. I don't know what the hell happened. He's a liability on, the, on literally in the fourth quarter where he doesn't play. You know, maybe Cat deserves better. Anthony Edwards 100% deserves better. Timberwolves have they have talented players. Just for some reason, that franchise, they have the talented players. It goes from Cat, Edwards, Kevin Garnett, Jimmy Butler for half a season. They had D'Angelo Russell. I think, you know, he was good. They have the star players. Kevin Love, they just can't. I don't know what it is with the rosters. They just can't build around those players. They can't build a good roster. Rudy Gobert was clearly not the answer. Lakers, they've improved a lot. 
since making a couple of those trades and whatnot, I think the Lakers win this one against the Timberwolves. Lakers will be the seventh seed. They face the Grizzlies. Then you got Pelicans versus Thunder. Zion is unlikely to play. Who knows what Ingram is playing really well, too. The Thunder, it's crazy because the Thunder, they're really not even supposed to be here because everyone's thinking they're supposed to be rebuilding, whatever. But SGA, Shea Gilders, Alexander, another jersey I want to get. Gilders, Alexander is really good. I think the Thunder might surprise some people. They just, they're just they're young and they're hungry. Lou Dort's a very good defender also. Can you name a Thunder outside of them too? Jeremiah Robinson Earl, I believe is his name. But I'm going to go with the Thunder beating the Pelicans to get the eighth seed and the Lakers beat the Timberwolves. So the, I would say the Lakers versus the Nuggets for the one through one. I'm sorry, Nuggets versus Thunder one, one versus eight. I think Nuggets win this one easily, maybe in five games. SGA though, MVP caliber player. What he's doing with that roster. Um, but they have a lot of young talent, a lot of draft picks too. So the Thunder are trending in the right direction. But, you know, they're just too early for them, I think. You know, they have a, a very bright future. But I got the Nuggets, Jokic, Jamal Murray. You know, I got the Nuggets winning in five. Uh, Suns versus Clippers. That's going to be fun. KD versus Russell Westbrook. Who knew, right, that that would be – it's still crazy me that Kevin Durant's a son. I'm going to be completely – if I'm going to be completely honest here. And even saying that, too, I'm surprised. It's just still weird to me that Russell Westbrook's a Clipper. You know, it just seems not so long ago. They were both the star, young rising stars of the Thunder with – James Harden, Serge Ibaka, and that whole Thunder team. They blew it up too soon because of Harden because he left. But they traded him away. Suns versus Clippers. Depending on the health of the Suns players, too, this is probably going to go. The four or five seed matches are always the toughest ones because they're both really evenly balanced. Same thing with the Cavs and Knicks. I'm going to go with the Suns in seven. I, I do. I think if everyone gets healthy, if they're all healthy at the right time. You know, Clippers. Paul George, I believe, is out. You still have Kawhi. You got you know you got Westbrook and whatnot, but I think the Suns win this one in seven. It's gonna be a tough matchup, I would say. And you got the Kings versus the Warriors, like the beam, the Sacramento Kings. I'm rooting for these Kings, man. The Warriors gonna it's gonna be a tough matchup, but the key is the it's good the Kings have the three seed, which again, this is weird for me to say. Because literally ten years ago or whenever when I was in like high school, I never thought Nuggets, Grizzlies, Suns, Nuggets, Grizzlies, Kings, Suns would be the top four teams. <laughs> you, you who knew, right? Kings at the if the Kings, no, I'm sorry. If the Warriors had the home field or home court, I would have said Warriors, but the Warriors are like nine and they're like nine and 30 on the road, nine and 31, I believe. Let me look at the like the, the NBA standings here because they, they were not, they were like one of the worst, uh, like away, away records in the NBA. I want to see what their final one. They were, uh, away, they were 11 and 30. 11 and 30. That's not good. Out of all the Suns were 17 and 24, but still 11, getting 11. On the road, they were thirty and twenty-two at home. The Kings are pretty good away too. They were thirty-two and twenty at home, and they're—I uh, just lost it here. Twenty-three and eighteen. I the Warriors maybe have a lot to prove because though because they were being they were having a struggle on the road. I can't even speak right now. The NBA playoffs, baby! I'm excited. Are you? Um, I do apologize for my rambling, uh, but hey, listen, you subscribe to this podcast for a reason, right? Right, tell your friends. Um, I am going to go with the Kings winning this one in six. I think that they win all their games at home. Warriors are terrible on the road. Um, they'll sneak in and get a win at, away, though, at uh, in the Bay Area. But the Kings, man, Sabonis, De'Aaron Fox, we clowned him for training away Halliburton. They actually worked out in their favor against Sabonis, double-double machine. De'Aaron Fox and Devon Sabonis wouldn't surprise me like the all-NBA teams this year, maybe the third team, if anything, but... You know, they have a really good roster. Mike Brown's doing an excellent job as a coach. King's future is so bright. I think they win this one in six games, though, because, again, you cannot count out Steph Curry 
Clay and Draymond, but I think in six. And you got the Grizzlies facing up against the Lakers in this one. I just can't stand the Grizzlies. <laughs> Didn't, not John, John, John Brant's off the, off the court stuff is whatever, but Dylan Brooks um, is a little bit of a pain in the ass. Now, what I love him is if he was a Nick, I love his play style, but as for the Grizzlies, I don't know. He can get a little, just a teensy little bit annoying. Jaron Jackson Jr. is a stud on defensive end. It's going to hurt. They don't have Steven Adams. Ah, oh, man. I can't count out the Lakers, though, because they still, then they still have LeBron. Now, if LeBron, if they win this, they get the seven seed. What if, I wouldn't shock me if the Lakers beat the Grizzlies. Grizzlies are good. They're peaking, maybe, they're peaking at the right time, but they do have, like, a lot of young talent, a lot of, like, I think because the whole John Moran situation, maybe a little bit childish, if that's the right word for it, because not, not just, him kind of with everybody else even with Dylan Brooks. Um, I'm going to shock me the Lakers win this one. As far as who comes out of the West for this, I would love a Kings Nuggets. I would love a Kings. A Kings. Actually, no, a Kings Suns Western Conference Finals will be something. That would be really fun. Am I really going to pick Kings Sixers as my finals prediction? Am I really going to do it? I could say the Suns too. That'll be the Sun Sixers. If the Kings make the Western Conference Finals, though, that'd be something. This are now they had the longest playoff drought in all four major league sports since 2006. Now that's a way now it's the New York Jets that have it since 2010. So I'm gonna I'll go Suns. I'll go Suns Nuggets or Suns Kings. Sorry, Suns Kings Suns Sixers Finals. As far as who wins, I pick the Sixers. It'd be tough. This is gonna be tough. This is gonna be a lot. I'm so excited for the NBA playoffs. Are you? I know I am, right? It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, everybody. We'll get back into the episode in just one second. But I want to talk about today's sponsor for this episode, BetStamp, which is helping thousands of people win at sports betting for free. It's the same way travelers use Google Flights or Expedia to find the best prices. Bettors can now use BetStamp to do the same. When you place a bet, the odds given by a sportsbook will determine how much money you could possibly win. Even when the betting odds are the same outcome, different sportsbooks will offer different payouts and the differences can be huge. Thankfully, BetStamp allows you to easily line shop for the most profitable odds across all sportsbooks. You can click on any match and instantly see all different odds for a game line, player props, or even future bets. Line shopping is the simplest way to find an edge in sports betting and maximize your chances of winning long-term. On average, BetStamp users can win an extra $1,000 yearly just by line shopping. You can find the BetStamp app on the Apple iOS store, Google Play store, or through your browser at www.betstamp.app. And to access all these benefits, sign up using the promo code FONS, F-O-N-Z, and start your journey to successfully sports betting today. And hey, if you forget to use the promo code upon sign up again, F-O-N-Z, you can always enter the code in the Betstamp account settings afterwards. Check it out. I'm telling you, if you're a newbie like me in the sports betting world, or if you're a veteran, you've been doing this for a long time, Betstamp is so easy. It's a simple setup. You can go through all different sportsbook under one app, and it's easy. Who doesn't like making that extra money? You want to make that extra money? BetStamp is the best way to do it. It's so easy. It's simple. And guess what? It is free. Go use the code FONZFONZ when you sign up today. Or if you already have an account, use the code again, FONZFONZ. I highly recommend it. Seriously, BetStamp is the way to go. It's the future of sports betting. It's so much easier. There's nothing else like it. Go to BetStamp wherever you get the apps or even on your browser and use the code FONZ upon sign up today. So the NBA and the NBA Players Association announced a new collective bargaining agreement. Now, it hasn't been officially voted in yet, but it'll likely be approved uh, over the summer and the offseason, they do that. But here's the proposed CBA that they worked on. It's it's pretty much official, but they got to finalize it with the votes and whatnot. But there's a lot of things highlighted on here, and I want to talk about you know a lot of the things on here too. Now, obviously, 
you know, you see the increase in the salary cap and whatnot too. We'll get into all the not get into all the money stuff. You kind of can look that up and kind of know what it is. But there's a lot of other points I want to talk about here. So I kind of like a lot of these new stuff. And there's one thing I wish they kind of changed up on. So first thing, NBA players will be able to invest in NBA and WNBA teams. You know what? In the future, you know, of NBA players, they kind of I like this. First of all, I'll say this. I like this because a lot because you see back in the day, players can get broke, spending a lot of money, don't know how to invest it and whatnot too. This is a good opportunity for young players, even veterans, that if they want to do it, they have the opportunity to invest in certain NBA teams and even also expanding into the WNBA. They want to build that build that league up too. It's a good part. I think the NBA does a great job working with the WNBA. So have them invest in WNBA teams and whatnot. I think it works out. It's a good opportunity, I think. Now, they don't have to do it, but it's a good chance for them to try it. I know they haven't. They weren't able to unless they you know, retired, they were out of the NBA. But now that they're in it, it's a good job to build up their portfolio and whatnot as they're playing because, you know, after after some players they retire spend all their money or they don't have anything they don't do anything after they can go into business and whatnot you see a lot of players doing that after which is good this is an opportunity to do that only to some sponsorship add-ons now too now this is only if they're allowed in the state if it's legal in there like for me in new york if it's legal in new york or california or whatever too the first one players can be sponsored by sports gambling ventures now they can't actually bet but they can participate in events and they can participate like in, I guess, commercials and advertisements for it. So, you know, hey, Betstamp, shout out to Betstamp. And NBA, say like Julius Randle can be sponsored by Betstamp or whatnot. Or, you know, Brunson can be sponsored by FanDuel, you know, can run ads to them too. They can't actually bet. They can be involved in the commercials and whatnot too. This is a really good opportunity because, again, we've talked about it. Sports gambling and sports betting is on the rise a lot more. It's now legalized in New York. At least it's getting legalized in a lot of other states. I know Massachusetts did it recently. So this is a good opportunity to, again, expand you know, get some athletes on there too. Now, I think it's good they're not actually betting. If they retire, they can do whatever they want. But I think when they're actually playing, it kind of can hurt a little bit, you know. But I feel like eventually they will do that. But for now, it's a good start. And this other one, I'm a, I like it a lot. I don't have, I really don't say I like it. I don't have a problem with it. But it actually be sponsored by cab, cannabis companies and it has to be legal in the state they play in. Now, not a, not a cannabis guy. Personally, it's not my thing. If you do it, it's all more power to you. Not my thing. I don't judge if you do it. I, truthfully, I really don't. I don't care for it, but I know a lot of athletes, a lot of players, floral players too, are very into it. So they want to be sponsored by a cannabis company. Go right. Ahead. I know they took it out of the uh, NBA drug program, the like the drug testing program, which is fine. It's all good. Again, more power to you. I don't have a problem with it. It's another chance for players to expand their portfolio and to make that extra money. So I don't have a problem with that. So it is official on here too. Players no longer face discipline from the league for marijuana use, which has been taken out of the league's drug testing program. Again. It's not my thing, but you know, some players, a lot of players like it, a lot of players do it. It's fine. No worries there. No issues on my end. This is big too. Teams can now have more than two Supermax players. I look at, you know, for the Supermax, for those who know, max deals, again, like the max maximum money deal you can give a player. Supermax is a little bit more than that. You know, teams, uh, Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, they got Supermax. It used to be only two players max can have it. Now you can have more than two. I look at teams like the Cavaliers, you know. Donovan Mitchell got, I think, believe got his money for it. But then you want to pay either Darius Garland or Evan Mobley. If this wasn't in play, you have to pick between the two because both of them deserve a Supermax if they keep playing the way that they're playing. Now they don't have to worry about that. They can pay with Mitchell, Garland, and Mobley. They can pay all of them. So I think that's good to keep your your players you have on your roster. I don't have an issue with that. So it's a chance to you know keep the players you have and not have them bouncing around from team to team. That's fine. I know a lot of teams have been doing this. I like this also. Two-way players. The maximum roster is a fi- 15 you can add up to two extra players on two-way deals, which means they spend time within the G League 
and the NBA, their NBA parent club for about 45 days. They can play an NBA G League game and an NBA game for a couple of, like, again, 45 days. And then after they can sign to a fully deal or kind of bring them back down to the G League. It's a good way to develop young players. I think it's like under four years in the NBA. You can sign the two-way deals. It used to be only two. Now they added a third two-way deal, which, again, I like this a lot. I think when the state of the NBA and even sport in general, injuries can happen at any moment. A lot of talent. You want to develop a lot of guys. So why not bring in a third two-way player? Have him train with the NBA roster. Have him go down to the G League. And if you like them, you can call them up. You have you have three players now that you can go with. I know a lot of players, a lot of teams actually keep 14 guys on the roster and have that one extra spot for the 15. And then those three guys can compete for the 15 spot or whatever. So I don't have a problem with that. I like that. The one issue I kind of wish they got rid of was the one-and-done rule. It still remains. If you don't know, one-and-done it used to be a thing you could get drafted right out of high school at 18. Now it's basically one year after your high school graduation. So basically a lot of players go to college for a year and then leave. Some recently you've seen guys like Scoot Henderson, for example, uh, Jalen Green, Jonathan Kaminga. Out of high school, they go to the NBA G League or overseas. Brandon Jennings did this years ago. The G League Ignite, which is in the NBA G League, they don't you know, they play in a G League season, and it's a lot of high school talent to go from the um, high school to the NBA, but get paid for it. I guess that's why they're keeping the one-and-done rule, because they want to have the G League night still be a thing and have the players, you know, they want to make money. It's a way for them to make money, too. I wish they got rid of it, because honestly, in my opinion, at 18, if you have the option to vote and to go sign up for the military, then you can make the risk and jump to the NBA if you, if you think you're that right. And there's a lot of players that maybe could do it, but, you know, I think it's their choice at that point. They're adults. Um, but if it if it still means to keep the G League rule intact where they can go to the G League like Scoot, like, like Scoot um, Isaiah Ta was another name too. Um, there's a guy in the Bucks, Barshamp, I believe. Again, this is Jalen Green naming players that they're talented to play in college, but they want to go make that money. If they have the opportunity, then so be it. I wish they got rid of it, but if they want to keep the G League and I think that's fine. These are two big ones. And I want to say the first one. The all-NBA voting teams will be positionless under the new CBA. Uh, so it used to be two guards, two forwards, and a center for all three teams and for all the defensive teams. The all-rookie teams was positionless no matter what, which made sense because, again, you're not gonna, you can't find two centers in the rookie class that maybe deserve it, too. So it could be all guards or whatever. So now it could be all guards, all forwards, one guard, four forwards. It could be, hell, five centers make the all-NBA team, first team, I'm saying. I like this a lot because you're kind of seeing it's now – you're seeing it in the day where it's positionless basketball – and I don't have a problem with it. It's particularly with, like, example, Joel Embiid, who clearly was one of the should have been all NBA first team selection uh, the past two seasons. But when you're behind Nikola Jokic, it's going to be hard who won the MVP, uh, rightfully so, and made the all first team. So if this was, if the positionless was in play throughout, Embiid and Jokic would have made the first team for the past two years. I think this is perfect. I like the positionless because you're getting an era now with positionless basketball. And there's a lot of guys, there's even like, it's hard to pick who are the top two guards to make the first team, who are the top two forwards to make the first team. Now you just pick, all right, who are the top five players to make the first team? Who are the next five that make the second team? Who are the top, the next five that make the third team? That's the same thing for the all defense too, you know? could be hard to find the second team all guard if you have a bunch of forwards and centers. Again, you look at the defense, you, you would think of more front court and center players. So you're going to see maybe the all-defense team get all forwards and centers. Maybe. I don't have a problem with the position list. I think it's really good. You're seeing the future of positionless basketball. That's fine. That was another one that I'm really big for. I know a lot of fans aren't a big fan of it, uh, but I kind of like it. So to qualify for the all-NBA or other end-of-season awards like the MVP, defensive player, players must take the court for at least 65 games. I think this is 
I actually like this rule a lot um, because there's a lot of players who I think deserve to be on an All-NBA team or even in consideration for awards, but they get snubbed by other guys that, you know, take time off on load management or whatever too. Now, injuries you can't predict, and that's a different story. I'm talking about players that load management that they rest um, back-to-back games or whatever too. I think this is going to take away load management more and more, and you're going to see players obviously play more to make these awards and get these team selections because a lot of these guys have incentives in their contract or if they make it all defensive team or whatever, they get a boost in their contract. Uh, example, you know, like LeBron, John Morant, even Joel Embiid, uh, Devin Booker, Jaron Jackson. These guys would make the all-NBA, all-defensive teams, or even you know NBA in the MVP conversation, but they wouldn't be eligible because they didn't make the 65-game mark. I think 65 is a perfect, because you had 82 games in a season. 65 is the perfect amount, I think, that you can qualify for an award. If you play 40 games, you still make it. I didn't. I, I never understood that. I didn't like that, so... I actually like the 65-game rule. It takes away load management. You get a better chance to see more players play more, bearing injury. You can't control that, but you know it entices players to not want to take a rest day and they actually want to play a game. I think that's perfect. But I think the big thing in this whole CBA, which I'm kind of indifferent about, I don't know fully how I feel about it yet, is they're going to do a mid-season tournament. Now, a mid-season tournament, I'm going to read it officially what it is. The group playing games will be part of the regular season. At This is Adam Silva's attempt to add weight and meeting to those early regular season games. The top eight teams from group play then enter a single elimination tournament. And the winner gets $500,000. Everybody gets every listen from the starters down to the 15th guy get an extra $500,000 in their pocket. Now for the star players might not mean a lot, but for the bench guys definitely helps them out a lot. I'm indifferent kind of, I know the WNBA kind of does with the commissioner's cup, but it's kind of working. It's kind of working. I, I'm not sure. Sh- I'm like, I need people to tell me how they feel about it because I don't know how I feel. It's the only thing's for a cash prize and maybe, but everybody's going to participate in it. But how are you going to do it with 30 teams unless you add two more? Because you can't do, what is it, um, was it the top eight teams from group play? So is it basically just the East and West? And then they do a tournament? I don't know, top eight from group play. So it's a top eight overall. But the thing is, too, the big thing, they're not going to add more games. The only thing is that if you make the championship game, you get an 83rd game, which is an extra game here or there. You've seen it happen. Players get traded. They play all the games, too. So it's not terrible, but I don't know what the incentive is outside of the money for the bench players, $500,000. But it'll be interesting. I want to see what they do with it. Do you get like a cut? Do you get like the cup for it? What's it going to be called? Do you get get the what's the incentive outside of $500,000? Um, I get the fact that you add weight to the beginning of the season games because it could be it's early in the season, but what else does it do? You know, they, they've talked about doing a midseason tournament for a while, but you know, you didn't hear nor that. I'm just curious to see how it's going to go and unfold. So the main thing I like is the all NBA team will be positionless and the 65 games minimum to get into war consideration. So those are the two things. The sponsorships are good too. You can invest in, in, in NBA teams. The, the midseason tournament, I'm just, I'm curious. I don't know how they're going to do it. So I'm very curious. I want to see what they do with it. Did you get a, did you get a ring? Did you get a ring out of it? What if you what if you like the Pistons? They're one of the worst teams in the league. What if they win the midseason tournament? Do you get an automatic bid? Do you get an automatic bid for the playoffs then? Or get an automatic bid for at least the play-in tournament? Maybe? I don't it's gonna be more than just five hundred thousand dollars, right? I mean, if you're the 15 minute or even a two-way player, it's good for you. But there's gotta be more to it, right? I don't I have no idea. I don't know. Close out the show. We're going to do a tradition like any other. No, it's not March Madness, even though it's April. It's Fonz's top 10. 
Ah, Fonz's top 10. Who loves a Fonz's top 10? I do. Last week, I did my personal favorite Eminem song. Eminem is one of my favorite rappers. He actually is my favorite rapper. Number two for me is 50 Cent. 50 Cent is my, I would say, my second favorite. Get Rich or Die Trying is my favorite rap album of all time, but I love 50 Cent. Um, his newer music, I'm not a big fan of. Honestly, his old his old tracks, you know, Massacre, Get Rich or Die Trying. Um, I did, I'm doing my top 10 favorite 50 Cent song. Again, let me preface this by saying this, people. This is my personal favorite. Please do not comment that, I, that this is wrong. This should be number one. Not the best song. It's my personal favorite 50 Cent song. So we're going to get right into it. Here it is. Number 10, Just a Little Bit. It's a good song. It's a, it's a nice little vibe. I like the beat in the background. Um, not entirely appropriate, but it's a good song. It's a good song. I like it a lot. Number nine, I Get Money. I Get Money. Money I Got. Because who, who loves money, right? I Get Money and Money I Got. I get money, money I got. Boom, right there, right into the camera. There it is. Number eight. Now, now the rest of them is pretty much from uh, Get With Her Die Trying. So, uh, number eight, Like My Style featuring Tony Yayo. Great song. It's a good song. That's an underrated song on that whole entire album. I know you like my style. I do like your style. It's a good song. Number seven, Patiently Waiting featuring Eminem. I mean, patiently Waiting. Oh, the track to explode on me. What a great, great song. And Eminem's verse in this, very, very catchy. Number six, 21 Questions featuring Nate Dogg. R.I.P. to Nate Dogg. 21 Questions. It's catchy, man. I play this song on repeat all the time. Next 21 Questions, and they all about us. It's a great, great song. Number five, it's a classic, In the Club. Go, Shardy. It's your birthday. We're going to party like it's your birthday. You can find me in the club. Uh, I sound very white when I say it. In the club. That's how you pronounce it. In the club. Catchy. Probably one of his is hit songs, most popular songs, but it makes number five on my list. Number four, if I can't, the beat is so catchy. It's a good beat. If I can't, you at home down, down road, and I'm a champagne bottle drop. I'm going to take you to the top of the show. I'm going to make you hot, baby. I probably said that completely wrong, but I'm just so hyped about it because it's a great song. Uh, number three, Many Men Wish Death. Oh, man. First of all, shout out to the guns who had Many Men as their entrance theme. That would be, that's, if I was a professional wrestler, that would be my entrance. Many Men Wish Death Upon Me. <sighs> many, many, many men. Great, 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 great song. Number two, his first song on Get Rich or Die Trying, What Up Gangster. The beat is so good, too, and I've seen rappers freestyle to it. It's such a good beat. Great song. What What up, cuz? What up, gang? Stop. I'm so white. Uh, number one, not a popular song, but I like its favorite song on the album. My favorite Cent song, Bloodhound, featuring Young Buck. It's a good song. I've. It's just like when I first got his album, when I first, this is like, again, I was like eight years old when I got the album. Uh, that was the first song I really liked, and I always played it. It was so good. And I like Young Buck's verse in this, too. So, again, these tracks out of the out and all over the place. Yes. Am I really white by doing this? You bet your sweet ass I am. So I'll repeat it again for those not paying attention. Here it is. My Fonz's top 10 favorite 50 cent songs. Number 10, just a little bit. Number nine, I get money. Number eight, like my style featuring Tony Yayo. Number seven, patiently waiting featuring Eminem. Number six, 21 questions featuring Nate Dog. Number five, in the club. Yes, in the club. Number four, if I can't. Number three, Many Men Wish Death. Number two, What Up Gangsta, with an A at the end. And number one, Bloodhound featuring Young Buck. What's that, man? Great tree. Now, his newer stuff is eh. But Get Rich or Die Trying, arguably one of the best rap albums of all time. That and the Eminem show. 
It's one A and one B. I'll never. It's always hard for me to pick which one exactly. So that is my top ten, and that wraps it up for this episode of the Slickback Kickback Report. Reminder: Check out BetStamp. Use code Fonz when you sign up. It's a great way to track your bets. Best way to find best bang for your buck. It's a good way to track. If you've used Expedia before, you know what BetStamp is. It's pretty much the Expedia for sports betting. I I can't tell you enough how much I love this app. I'm making that I'm making that money. It's helped me out a lot more because without it. Before, I was horrible at betting. Now, it's making making it a lot easier. And it's easier for the simple-minded folks like myself or even, you know, for the veterans. It helps you out a lot. And also, head over to Grateful Apparel. I've been ambassador there with their clothes. I'm wearing the Grateful shorts right now. You know what? I'm going to pull them up right now and show you. You see it? Hold on. You see the shorts? Look at this. I don't know if you can see them on this thing. I don't know if the video. i got to edit the video after this. Hold on. Oh, oh, Jesus. Hold on. Sorry for people on here. Look at this. It's the rose shorts. I don't even think you saw them on camera. But if you did... um good if uh, if you saw too much leg i do apologize for that no i don't uh go to gratefulapparel.com use code fonz at checkout for 15 percent off your order today support the brand have already sent a question to the podcast email at slickbackkickback at gmail.com uh send me a top 10 suggestion a question you want some advice and whatnot you want you have a video you want to send me a reaction or any idea for a youtube video i'm going to get back on the youtube train of doing non-podcast videos on my youtube channel but if you're on my youtube channel i appreciate it fonz if i go hit that subscribe button uh we're close to 400 subscribers on there tiktok i'm at 5,000. going to keep growing my goal is 10k at the end of the year can we do it if you haven't followed me yet go right ahead and do it right now uh follow on instagram slick back kickback follow my personal instagram uh, Fonz DeFalco, Twitter Fonz DeFalco, follow me everywhere. Uh, greatly appreciate all the love and support. Like I always say, be good to yourself. What's the X Two Thousand going to be? I have no idea. Uh, but a lot of good things with the brand. Really, uh, if I look back on a year ago with this podcast, uh, it's grown so much. And let me tell you something: this time next year, it'll grow even more. Because guess what? We ain't gone yet. We ain't done yet. We ain't going nowhere. You guys are the best. I love and appreciate every single one of you. I really do mean it from the bottom of my heart. Uh, be good to yourself. Support the brand. Support everything down below. Um, pay the teachers. Feed your dog. Call your grandma. Tell you you love her. Have a good day, good night, good evening. <laughs> Whenever you're watching or listening to this podcast, I'll catch you guys next time. Peace out. Deuces! Thank you for listening to this episode of the Slickback Kickback Report. Don't forget to follow, rate, and review. Tell a friend. Tell five friends, your support will always be appreciated here on the Slickback Kickback Report.